Well, uh, hello, Gospel Community Church and, and visitors that might be watching today. My name is Pastor Nick, and I'm one of the pastors here at Gospel Community Church, and today is going to look a little different. If you notice, sitting to the right of me, there is a lovely woman sitting here. This is my wife, <laughs> Jessica. I'm Jess. And we wanted to do today's teaching a little bit different. We wanted to do uh, like a podcast style teaching. And uh, it's just something that I thought would be fun and just different and, and a different way to engage all of you today. So we hope that you enjoy this. We're going to dive into 1 Peter chapter uh, 4 verses 12 through 19. And we just hope you enjoy and get something out of this today. And, and before we do that, uh, we're going to go ahead and pray. Want to pray for us? Sure. Okay. Lord, I thank you so much for this time. Um, just this time with believers gathered, maybe even visitors. God, I pray that you would use my husband and I um, to speak clearly, to be honest and vulnerable, and that through it all you would be glorified. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. So we're going to dive into 1 Peter chapter 4. Oops, that's not 1 Peter. That's Kings. I'm already there. Ooh. <laughs> 4, 12 through 19. Do you <laughs> want to read too? Or do you want me to since you just opened in prayer? Go ahead. Okay. So verses 12 through 19. Open up your Bible app or your Bible if you've got a handy. And uh, I'll give you a second. Chapter 4, I think he that. Suffering as a Christian. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. This is God's word. Opening thought. Oh, I, um, the contrast here of like suffering for Christ, for the things he calls us to, compared to suffering for sinful or ungodly mm. things in our lives. Nice. I like it. I like it. The thing that stuck out to me, my opening thought was, and I circled it in my Bible, I have something strange. And it says that it's coming as though something strange were happening to you. And it just made me think when we're going through trials, we think it's such a strange feeling. And then when we start talking to other people about what we're going through, like that saying, misery loves company. We find out other people are going through those things, and it's really not that strange. Mm. So that was it. Well, what stuck out to me when I first read this passage. Um, let's dive into a little more. What notes? I kind of broke it down verse by verse, and mm. what stuck out to me through each thing. What did, what what did you do in your notes there? 
Um, just kind of got a general uh, thing of what I felt like the Lord was really speaking to me about. So, yeah. Okay. So, like an overall yeah. kind of picture of everything. Yeah. So let's. Why don't we kind of start going through verse by verse, and then kind okay. of come with your notes with the big picture. Sounds things. good. Does that sound good? I like it. So verse twelve. Um, Trials will come. Uh, he starts off, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. I, I like that he like he addresses the readers as somebody that is beloved to him, somebody that's mm. near and dear to him, mm. um, and letting them know that fire trials are going to come, and it's going to feel strange. Yeah. That's a good point because, like, um, practically, like, it's it's not always easy to love one another. Like, you of all people know, like, <laughs> you are my beloved. But, I mean, there are some times where, that's not the word I would use. <laughs> yes. So, just the tenderness there and, and the fiery trial. Um yeah, just that imagery of, like, fire and and what fire can do um, as far as, like, the refining process mm -hmm. that comes to my mind. No, no, yeah. Oh, am I still in it? Go ahead, no, sorry. No, no, you're good. <laughs> um, you're going, like, we're going right down to, like, what my overall big picture was, cool. was that refining fire for things. Um, what's interesting, I looked up the Greek word for that fiery trial, mm -hmm. it's py pyrosis, and that's actually the medical term today that we use for heartburn. Huh. Yeah. Interesting fact. So it is a fiery trial, it's something that, quite frankly, sucks. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be fun, and, and it's going to be strange, but I also like that, like, as though something strange were happening to you. Like, you shouldn't be caught off guard when these things happen. Oh, man, but every time I'm like, <laughs> again, Lord? Yeah. That's just, I, most of the time, just, I am caught off guard, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and um, just thankful for his mercies yeah. and grace. Being sinner sucks. <laughs> but that's what happens is when, we're, when those things come. Like you, you just feel so caught off guard. It mm. feels strange. Um, but he's calling us not to do that. Mm. I like that, ob yeah. that observation. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, hey, no. Remember. Yeah. I, I mean, getting to that to, to the next point, but like, it's not something strange because of who we are mm. and who we have in Christ. Yeah. Um, but in that, I just have one last note. Um, that strange feeling, like I said before, misery loves company. When we're in those sufferings, we often feel like we're the only one going through those things. Mm -hmm. It's a lonely place. We feel like we don't have anybody to talk to. We feel like nobody will understand us. We feel mm. like even that we can't even come to Jesus in this because he doesn't understand what we're going through. But again, it's not a strange place. It's something that we should be prepared for. Yeah. And um, just like to reiterate, reiterate what you were saying, like 
um, you are not alone. That itself is, is a lie from the enemy himself. And um, even sometimes, like, when I talk to my closest friends about something I'm going through, uh, just, like, the aftermath, I get, get worried and um, just instantly come back to God's word. Um, I'm not alone. Yeah. I, I have a... Maybe this will be a better question for at the end when we get to kind of a big picture with some of your notes here. Um, but well, what are... I, mean, I, I don't know. This is kind of a broad question, but how do we identify those fiery trials? What does suffering looks like, look like as a Christian? Even in like, like today's world, in the context of what's going on here, like heavy persecution, Christians being killed, like in our world, in our community, what is persecution and su- what, what does suffering look like? Well, I mean, um, it can be like within like uh, an immediate family unit suffering that way because like you're trying to live your life to honor the Lord and you're surrounded by others that, that don't make that choice and um, that can be hard and cause some angst or it could, I mean, suffering, like as far as losing a loved one, that's, we're all surrounded with that. That's a reality of life. Um, hurtful things um, in relationships, workplace. I thought of more like, well, not more like, but as you're talking, like anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. that kind of suffering that goes on within us too, mm-hmm. as Christians, and that empty feeling of feeling that God's not there too. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Doubt. That? Yeah, definitely. Worry. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Yes, it's it's nothing strange. God, I mean, Jesus, he he was a man. He lived the perfect life. He felt all the things that we feel. He went through everything we've we've got, you know, we're going through, and he is there. Um, all right. So I feel like it's a good time. I have a question that I wrote ooh, down. Ooh, yes. So like, um, when we are mistreated for doing good, remember that clarification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is our response to praise God or to run? I think most naturally, and maybe it depends from person to person, I feel like running is probably like my first response. Not And not that I intentionally run away from God, mm-hmm. but he's not the first place I go. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I'm yeah. not going towards him. I'm moving away from him. Yeah. And usually when suffering starts happening, it takes a lot to finally break me and go towards him. Yeah. What about for you? Um, I just, I think of times like where I've experienced both, um, and those, those times just by God's grace of running to him and just pouring my heart out um, 
it's almost like a battle. Mm. Like, um, pour my heart out, but it's almost like I'm like, okay, I I did what I was supposed to, Lord. <laughs> so now where's my cookie? <laughs> yeah. It's like no, uh-uh. like I with certain situations, it's like I continually have to just come back to that place of pouring my heart out and just being brutally honest with him. Because, I mean, the reality is, is I'm only kidding myself if I'm thinking he's going to be surprised by my honesty or, or how I communicate with him. Mm-hmm. He, he knows. He's just just waiting. Come to me. Come to me. Yeah. And, and I think different seasons of life, too, mm-hmm. because I can, I can see... Where there's times where, like, I'm in a good spot and something comes and he is the first place I run to. But then there's other times in life when I can see when I wasn't in a good spot and he's not the first place I run to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I just, (laughs) back to Eden. Yeah. Um, Running, hiding. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's definitely still very much part of my life and uh, it just, yeah, it reminds me, just brings me back to the basic truth of the good news and and that is that he has saved me, he loves me and yeah, I just think about like being a parent, you know, and just seeing those, those times of, you know, discipline and um, anger with me and then just reassuring the kids like I love you hmm. nice so would you say that a good way to identify suffering as a Christian is that strange and lonely feeling do hmm. you think that when something happens like mm, I don't know because I've had times in my life where I feel like the Lord kind of maybe withdraws, um, I guess, I guess that is the suffering. Like I'm in the trial and I'm learning, but I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of hesitant to to say like fully yes Mm. on that. Yeah. Okay. I can see how, how it can apply, but not a general statement, I guess. Okay. Notes here that I don't remember where my mind frame was. I have more in verse 12, but I can't remember what I was thinking when I wrote these notes. <laughs> Let's move on. Do you have anything else for verse 12? Um, no. No? Cool. Let's move on to want to read verse 13. Yeah. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Mm. Whose glory? His glory. His glory. Not my glory. <laughs> Not my glory. His glory. Not your glory, <laughs> but his glory. His glory. <laughs> so this, the other day, Jess and I had a really good conversation on this because I, this is but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And we talked about how did Jesus rejoice in his suffering? Hmm. And, yeah, and it took some digging in and like 
into God's word and looking through the gospels to see like what did Jesus do when he was being persecuted? What did Jesus do when he was suffering on the cross? How do we rejoice as Jesus rejoiced in his sufferings? One thing we talked about was um, he submitted to God's will. Um, just Pastor Tony talked about like the angst of that Jesus showed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he submitted to God's will. He was clearly suffering to the point of uh, dripping blood. So. Major suffering. I've never suffered that much. Um, but he said, not my will, but your will be done. Submission yeah. to the Father. And the other one was, you know, another thing that we looked at is how he always spoke and was in God's word. And the thing that really struck me, um, and I should have had it marked, but when Jesus on the cross and in his like last dying breath. So it's John 19, verse 28. Um, it says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And in, in his dying moments Jesus is thinking of God's word hmm. and, and what was spoken and what was written about him and he says I thirst and it says to fulfill the scripture he had I, I mean this saying that I've been saying biblical hope or biblical thinking serving passionate hope hmm. he had that biblical thinking still going on in his mind he was rejoicing in God's word and, and in his Dying moments still, like speaking God's word, knowing mm -hmm. that he had to fulfill the scripture, and that was how he rejoiced in his sufferings. Mm. I mean, I think we just really need to talk about how, like, like but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. Mm. Like, because... <laughs> you know, yeah. like, just, that is not my first instinct. Um, and then, like, when we are able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to submit, like Jesus did, to God's will, to God's word, it's at that time where I have experienced God's peace. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's not like when we think of rejoice, like that's not necessarily what we think, like where my mind goes anyways. Right. right. Like I think of rejoicing like, woohoo, celebrate. Like yeah. that's rejoice. But and we look at how Christ rejoiced in his sufferings, it's not the way that I think most would picture it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like like joy. Like, that's different than happiness. Mm. 
joy comes from outside of self. Yeah. Yeah. And and true joy through the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. In Christ. Yep. I came across the word coin coinonos. Is that what's in our kids' church? No, coin, coin. Oh, koinonia. Oh, okay. But I just had to do Sharon and Christ's sufferings. Yeah. Who's Sharon? Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon and Christ's sufferings. I don't know who Sharon is. Hi, Sharon. <laughs> All right. So if I remember right, then you can stop me if you got more, but kind of 14 and 15 and 16, I kind of... I'll jumble together. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read. Who read last? You or me? I did. Go for you it. Did? Okay. 14. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to start or you want me to start? Yeah, I mean, just that contrast when I, like, that I was saying at the beginning. Um, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Such a comfort. Mm. Like, that sentence right there. Um, I think you answered my question that I had. I did. What mm -hmm. was your question? Why am I blessed when we're insulted or reviled? Ah, yeah. Because of the spirit, uh -huh. God's spirit, the spirit rests upon me and mm -hmm. you. And it was listening to a song. It's called "Satisfied in You," and there's a line in there, um, and it's actually from I think it's from Psalm 42. I didn't look to see if the song was a actual line from Psalm 42, but it was a good lyric, and so I wrote it down. And it says, "When I behold your glory, you so faithfully renew." And, and like I was listening to that as I was listening, you know, studying this, and, and if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed because of the spirit of glory. And we hold on to that glory, and we behold the glory of Christ, the glory of Yahweh. He so faithfully renews, and that's, again, that's just how we're blessed, by having that spirit of glory mm -hmm. and of God resting upon us. Yeah. Amen. I wonder if, because... Well, it's Greek and Hebrew, but uh, the word rest, uh, nuach in Hebrew, that's like when God Sabbath and rested. Mm -hmm. I wonder what the similarity is between that, you know, resting and God resting upon you. Like, mm -hmm. the, like I guess it would be the I same would... because he's settled in. Like if you're abiding in him. I don't know. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that, like, dwells. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. But like yeah. when I read it, like it rests. But um, yeah, I don't know. We should look into it. Yeah, we should. <laughs> um, and then I just have in here when insulted, or reviled, or, or suffering, we press in. We have we have we have communion with Christ by way of the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's that's to me like. That's the Nick version of how I would say this passage. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Pressing. 
Yeah, it just reminds me of John 14 something. No, the book of John, but it's a verse. <laughs> <laughs> it says, um, abide in me. He's the branch. You're the vine. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So. Yeah. Yeah. That includes when we're insulted, reviled, or suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we didn't really jumble 14, 15, and 16 all as one because we just broke down all of verse 14. Uh, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer as a, or as a meddler. I had to look up commentaries on this because I didn't understand what it was saying. What are you, did you, what did um, you, how did you take it? Like, don't suffer for sins you're going to just continually just live in and wallow in. Mm. Like, you're so much better at reading comprehension. <laughs> I was like, what is that saying? I don't even get it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not gonna suffer as a murderer, but I mean, when you break it down to what Jesus says, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely hated people, and so if I'm continuing in that mindset, in that thinking, and not biblical thinking, like right here, it says, no, mm-mm, don't do that. Yeah. You're so smart. <laughs> um, don't rejoice in the suffering of your own sin. Um, I repent. And I also had a question. Does God test us to do evil? Um, I mean, it says, like, he will not um, tempt you beyond what you can bear. Mm. Um, I guess I think of it more as, like, evil is just in the world and um, he like orchestrates it all to grow us and teach us. Mm. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about our own kids. Like, would you just like, like, if you just protect them from all the evil and everything, like they're, not gonna know how to function really you know yeah yeah it reminds me of uh conversations we've had about teaching our children about the opposite sex and Mm. when they get older Mm -hmm. and how that works and if we just tell them no don't have premarital sex and don't explain why they're not gonna know why yeah. And they're going to be more curious about it, I think, right. naturally, because mm-hmm. they're sinful humans like yep. we are, yep. flawed. Mm-hmm. And without an explanation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, God, you know, those things happen, and he's with us through the whole thing. Trials come, but he's with us. Yeah. So, yeah. So feel strange we rejoice in God's word like Christ did yeah we rejoice in submission so far this is what Peter's saying right yeah don't be stupid yeah don't don't by way of your don't own sin don't meddle yeah don't meddle by your way of your own sin don't don't uh, rejoice in your own sin mm-hmm. um, 
So it was, what, what, man, we won't go there. Never mind. Okay. I was going to ask about temptation. Like, what is temptation? Let's not go there. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. Okay. It's a thought yeah. to sin. But then that you can also sin in your thoughts. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. But... Jesus was tempted. Yeah. Temptations aren't sinful in itself. No, but some thoughts can be sinful, not just temptations. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, okay, verse 16, yeah. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. What name? Whose name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, what name? Uh, Yahweh. God. We suffer in that name. Let's go. What's life like in that name? Hmm? What's life like in the name of Jesus? Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm stubborn. <laughs> but he's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th so as I look at like 14, 15, and 16, like, do you think we should, as Christians, maybe this is a silly question, maybe not, maybe somebody can relate, but should we seek out suffering? See, that one's a hard pass for me. Do you think um, people do? Possibly, but I would say, and I'm not saying I'm right, but I would say that that's maybe a misinterpretation. Mm. Um, but, like, it's just, yeah, I think that's weird. Yeah. Could it be a, a misinterpretation in thinking that if we're not suffering, we must not be very holy. Like, mm. if we're, do we seek out suffering because it's going to make us more holy? Yeah. And also, like, always back to the heart. Like, the focus right there is not on Christ. Yeah. Focus, my focus needs to be on Christ. Yeah. So, without seeking suffering, when we go through suffering, does it make us more holy? I mean, I, I think sometimes, yeah. but that's not, again, not up to us. Yeah. It's the Lord that does the work. It is the refining process. So it's a refining process. Yeah. yeah most more times than not, but I mean, I've gone through some of the same, like, mini trials. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, they're all trials, yeah. but, like, not, like, huge ones. And... I'm like, oh man, I'm here again, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Hmm. Sweet. You ready to get anything else to add on there? Anything nope. in your notes? Yeah. Um, 17, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. If it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel? I'm going to include 18. And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Who does judgment come on first? Household of God. Mm. That's a 
Yes. Is that good thing or bad thing? Oh, we don't have to worry. <laughs> and it's not like, it's not like that. Like, we don't have to worry. It's like, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to worry. Mm -hmm. It's that, that freedom at the cross. It's that freedom in the good news of looking at God's truth and knowing it, letting it wash over your entire mind and soul. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know if you took it this way or read into it this way, but like as I was reading and studying verses 17, when he says judgment will not fall, um, or for it's time for judgment to begin on the household of God, that he's not referring to the final judgment, but that refining fire that you mm. talked about earlier. Mm. That, that was your overall picture of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the, the, the judgment he's talking about is this refining process that we Christians go through. And, and I also have in here, um, where is it? Chris said this, um, in our Easter message, for the Christian, this is the worst life we'll get. Mm -hmm. For the non-believer, the non-Christian, this is the best life possible. So, like, would you say, like, so over a period of time, the Lord, like, refines you through trials, and then, so, like, when that moment of meeting him face to face comes and then it's like the rest of the refining process or something. I don't know if this is making sense versus like someone on their deathbed living this sinful life, they accept and surrender to Jesus. Like is that refining process at heaven like painful? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah, thought of that before. That's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good thought. And, I mean, because, and, and too, like, God is the God of impossible, and in that, those last moments where your last moments of life, you truly repent and give your life over to Jesus, that moment might be just as, a second for us but we don't know what's happening in heaven yeah in that refining process that's a good thought yeah but I mean in all reality like it's all covered so yeah I don't, I don't yeah. know just that's good I like it it's a good thought you'll be up all night thinking about that one <laughs> <laughs> um and, and then verse 18 like I, I don't I didn't look up to see it's in quotation marks so it's coming from somewhere else right but if the righteous is scarcely saved what will become of the ungodly and the sinner um like we made it by the skin of our teeth by placing our faith in jesus that's the only way we're saved like we barely made it the word here is the greek word is molus and when i looked it up Nine times out of ten, it is talking about a sailing ship moving slowly through the water. Mm. Like, 
we're like a sailing ship moving through the water. Like that's how we make it to heaven. This like barely with all these waves and all this crashing and all this crap going on. And but at the same time, like I, I like see what you're saying, but like as far as like the solid gospel message, it's like we fully hmm. are saved. Like yes, there's there's no other way. Like just look at the Old Testament. Look at um, just all the rules, um, all the laws. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, and I... no one could do it i mean even like the the ones that are spoke of like in a good light and as like like david mm -hmm. for example yeah a man after god's own heart like did some shady stuff and yeah. so it's all covered in the blood of jesus yeah. so i guess i just kind of cringe a little when you say scarcely but i mean i don't know if that's like yeah. my own thinking yeah do you know what i mean yeah well, and I guess I don't mean, more what I'm trying to say is, find nothing we can do. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's, like, that's really the way, like, if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly? Like, there's nothing we could do yeah. to save ourselves. Right. It's only by faith in Jesus mm. and trusting in Jesus as our Lord and Savior mm -hmm. that we are saved. What will become of the godly sinner? I mean, just like we said, that this is this is the best life will get for them. And my hope and prayer is that we can share the gospel with our friends and family. That there's a sense of urgency, especially during this time with all the coronavirus stuff going on. Like, there's just such an uneasiness. There's such mm -hmm. a, a spirit of urgency mm -hmm. right now and I think we need to have too that sense of urgency in the gospel yeah and sharing and and living out the gospel yeah and, and I have to retract a statement that I've always said um what is it share the god always share the gospel when necessary use words and I always thought that was a stupid statement hmm. I don't remember who said it but then when I was preaching on uh, for Peter 3 uh, that they do not obey word that they may be one without a word hmm. so there is truth in that statement yeah I mean I can see exactly what you're saying because it's not like you just don't speak about it this is the greatest news ever hmm. I have loved ones that think that they can earn their way to a holy God. And I hate to think about what that holds mm. because he is just waiting for them to surrender and to submit to the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No other. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Mm -hmm. How does trust work? 
What does trust beat out? Control. What does trust overcome? Fear. Mm. Depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not just trust in you. Trust in, trust in you as your husband. I'm not going to overcome my depression. No. I'm not going to overcome be sad my anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to overcome my anxiety. It's trust in God mm-hmm. that we're able to overcome those things. That, that, that then trust in God. Mm-hmm. And that's what like, that those who suffer entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. And, and the last three words, while doing good, when we trust to a faithful God, even though we're suffering, he still calls us to action. Mm-hmm. And just like, let those who suffer according to God's will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how else will I know God's will if I don't read his word? Yeah. Yeah. And from there, entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Yeah. While doing good. Trust God. Because you gotta read I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Final thoughts. We're already at 40 minutes. That went by fast. Oh, dang. Yeah. We could keep going all night. We'll just keep talking. If you guys enjoyed it, let us know. Maybe we'll do more. Yeah. Not for sermons, but as a side, side yeah. something. Yeah, this was fun. We enjoyed it. Yeah. We enjoyed talking about God's Word together. I really enjoy doing this with my wife. <laughs> um, but yeah, final thoughts on all this. Um, so, there will be hard times. I know a lot of people are probably experiencing that right now. Um, I know the fleshly side of me tends to want to say all kinds of things, but the truth of it is, is there is um, the true living God, and He cares individually for each one of us. Mm. And for those of you who have placed your trust in Him, don't run from Him. He's not surprised by anything. Mm. Um, he loves you. And if you don't know him yet, you should. He's amazing. <laughs> and if you have any questions, get a hold of me or Nick yeah. or Pastor Tony or Pastor Chris. And one, my, my final thought is a question. Hmm. When we think about suffering, that we know we're gonna, we know we're gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. Does following Jesus make life harder or better? All of the above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, just with that question in mind, we'd love to hear, like. We'd love to hear your answer. Like, does following Jesus make life harder or better? Because like Jess said, yes, it does. 
it does make life harder, and yes, it does make life better. Um, so yeah, let us let us know how that question applies to you. Does following Jesus make life harder or better? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys. We hope you enjoyed this. We said it's a little different from our normal Sunday sermon, and again, if you guys enjoyed it, maybe we'll do it again sometime. God bless, have a great day, and we look forward to gathering with you in person, hopefully someday soon. Bye.